Welcome to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Debbie and Greg Peters. Welcome back to another episode of the Third Generation Networking Podcast. I'm Greg Peters, the Reluctant Networker, and with me is my mom and co-host, Debbie Peters, the Networking Guru. Hi, Mom. Hi, Greg. I am so excited to be on the call today. How, what, what are you and the girls doing today? Uh, well, as I understand, they are doing schoolwork uh, because it uh, it's that time of year. And, and even though we have COVID-19 going on right now, uh, the kids are still doing their schoolwork, uh, which which actually they're largely uh, self-sufficient, which makes me pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. When you told me the other day that you were help, helping Kaylee with her math homework, I'm like, I was surprised because I thought that they just did everything that they needed to do themselves. So interesting. Yeah, well, it's one of the challenges of this time is that um, Kaylee's, you know, she's in middle school now, and so she has seven different teachers, and each one of them has a different way of delivering the homework to the kids. And so she not only has to learn seven different to- uh, topics, she also has to learn seven different ways of communicating with the teacher. And this one, it it just seems overly complicated, and she was having a problem with just using the system in and of itself. Uh, so we had to sit down and kind of work our way through that. And uh, it was a little frustrating because the system she was using didn't save all the stuff she'd done before. And because uh, of the confusion, it didn't get submitted. So we kind of had to go through it all. And it was okay because, you know, we got a chance to kind of sit and and I could verify what, what she was working on. And, and we actually kind of had fun together. So Well, that's good. All in all, it worked out. <laughs> Which which kind of segues into our conversation today, which is how to get the best from your networking groups and knowing how to do it the right way, right? It it does. It's amazing how life segues right into art. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this one actually came from one of our our listeners, uh, Randy Pohl. Uh, he uh, he said he's a longtime member of a networking group similar to BNI, which is Business Network International. I give referrals when I can, but I don't get many. What can I do? So this is, I'm sure this is a topic that actually kind of hits on a lot of people. It does hit on a lot of people. And there are different types of networking groups, as you know. In fact, in my world, I think that there are six major categories, but we're not going to talk about all of those today. But I do want to address just two. And one is the more informal, where there's lots of members, you know, uh, duplicate membership. And um, it's, an example might be a chamber of commerce. And then the other type, mm. which you've already mentioned, which is a more structured approach to networking, that is like a BNI. And that's where the, typically there's a more limited membership and there is no competition sitting at the table. So two different groups and two different ways to address both groups to make sure that you're getting the um, benefit that you want. So what one should we talk about first? Or do you want me just to talk in general? Let's talk in general first, and then we can we can narrow in on the specifics. Uh, because I, 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 it sounds like, I, 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 and of course, I know from from having taken your class and doing this networking thing for a while uh, that different groups you seek different things from from different types of groups because not everything is going to provide you with uh, with the same results. So if for example, if you're looking for uh, getting referrals, probably going to your trade association isn't the right way to go because you're with all your colleagues who are also looking for 
for uh, um, referrals, right? I mean, it, it, we, we, trade association is a great place to go for information and maybe find mentors, but referrals are not the place to go for that. So we kind of exactly. have to set our expectations up front. Yes. In fact, um, I, the first thing that I say to people who are, who come to me and say, you know, I'm not getting what I, I want. I'm not going to renew my membership or whatever that is that they say, I say, so tell me, um, what was your goal when you joined this group? What did you want to achieve? And typically mm. there is this long silence because no one typically <laughs> at least ever thinks about, Oh, uh, there's something more that I have to do other than write a check. Yeah, it's, it's not enough just to have your name on the roll call. <laughs> it's important to have an overall goal too, you know, a long range, but also to have a goal for each meeting that you attend. And some of the long range goals might be actually to become active and attend the meetings <laughs> because I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. people do come to me at the end of having having a membership for a year and saying, I'm not going back. I didn't get anything. And I'm like, well, Tell me about the meetings that you went to, how, you know, what were they like and what was your opportunity? And and again, it's like silence because they've written the check, but then they didn't be think that they had to do anything other than be a name on a list, evidently. Well, and and, uh, to some extent, uh, even just showing up is only the minimum of what you you should be doing, right? I mean, there's there's showing up and then there's participating. I couldn't say it better. People that just show up for a meeting and for let's pretend it's the chamber chamber lunch. They show up for the lunch. Mm-hmm. They get there exactly at the time, the advertised time that the meeting starts. They sit down, they eat their lunch. They may chat with the person on either side of them and have a nice conversation, but are not strategic at all about, well, should I talk to this person further and then the, they may have a speaker that they listen to. They get up and they leave the meeting without even thinking about, oh, why was I here? Well, and that's something we talk about is is we we have to set the goal for the meeting. We, otherwise, we don't know. Right. We don't know when we're done. <laughs> but you you mentioned being an active member, so for for me. I want people to know who I am. And so when I reach out to them to do a one-to-one, they're not like, who is this person? And is she scary? And do I run or run away? I always want Mm -hmm. to be a member of a committee with the chamber. The best committee, as far as I'm concerned, is the membership committee, because that gives you the right or the license or whatever you want to call it to talk to all the other members because you're on the membership committee. Exactly. You can say that. So you can start conversations. I think when I was in the chamber... You know, when I was in the chamber, they had the uh, the ambassadors, uh, and and we were the, you know, we were the ones who were sent out to to greet new members. We were the ones that acted as the hosts at at any of the networking events. Uh, you know, we we I think we even had a little you know a nameplate or a badge or something that we wore to kind of help us stand out a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are even people on those committees though that think showing up and being a welcome host is enough. And then they don't think beyond, well, you know, I'm meeting all these new people. Maybe I should reach out and see if we can sit down and have a chat over a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Thinking beyond the meeting and thinking, having the goal that, oh, yeah, as a result of attending this meeting and being on the membership committee where I'm really getting to talk to people, 
I want to meet with two additional members this month. So having that goal and then becoming active so that you can achieve that goal is certainly uh, will help you have a better return on your investment at the end of a year. Okay, so become more fully involved. And, I, and that would almost seem to also indicate that uh, there are a limited number of groups that we can actually be a part of. I, I always tell my students, you have to look at two things when you're thinking about joining a group. First, the first one is what is your budget financially? Because there may be the membership fee and maybe it's just a couple hundred dollars a year. But then you ha- if there's a lunch every month, you have to take a look at that fee that will be involved with that. Then you have to take a look at, well, are there other events like a business after hours? Um, are you you know going to be going to that and maybe purchasing drinks? Oh, and or you should be taking visitors with you. Oh, yeah, then I'm going to have to pay for them. So you've got to think of your whole budget financially. But additionally, you have to think about your time budget. What time do I have that I can set aside to do these networking things? Because also I have to do my work too. I always tell my students, if you can only do, if you only have the time to do one group, and um, I would prefer that you only join one group and do it really well, rather than joining two or three and doing all three half, you know what? Mm, Yeah, half-baked. Half-baked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was what, that was the word you were searching for, I'm pretty I sure. I was searching. I just couldn't remember what it was. Um, yeah. If, I've actually had conversations with clients where you know, we, we sit down and list all the different groups that they're a part of, the boards they're on, the committees they're on, and, and the level of time commitment that they have, they've put into this is excessive. I mean, they're on five or six or seven different groups, and... I'm not sure how you can do any one of them well if if you're if you're split that far. I I would, I mean, really, uh, if if you're going to get your work done and have a, a family life or whatever, two, three, probably the most you can really do and and be fully invested in. I, I agree totally. Okay, so now we've talked about in general. Hmm? So let's talk about uh, we, we and we've kind of uh, uh, touched a little bit on, on how to deal with the informal groups. So is there anything more specific that we should be focused on with informal groups? I think it's important to also make sure that you are in good um, connection with the chamber director, if it's a chamber or whatever informal group. But chambers is certainly a great example of that. Let the mm-hmm. find out how find out who the executive director is. See if you can meet with that person. Find out how they would recommend that you become successful. They may, there may be little things that you don't know about that you could do. And I, I can give you a prime example. I'm a member of the Maumee Chamber of Commerce, which is in Northwest Ohio. It's a small local chamber, although it's, it's certainly robust. It has over 400 members. At the lunch meetings, when they are in person, any, any member can have a, a booth at that lunch and they're right at the front where people come in. So you can set up a booth anytime you want at the lunch for free. Most members are not aware for free? of it. For free. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great benefit. It is a great benefit, <laughs> but many members are not aware of it and don't know about it. So obviously becoming good friends with the executive director and figuring out how you can help him or her also will... Um, let you know about all these wonderful 
benefits that you may not be aware of, but also if the chamber director knows you, he or she will be very helpful in introducing you to other good connections within the chamber too. That's their job. Well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, they're really responsible for creating a community. And and the more that that community is inter, interconnected and engaged with each other, the more successful it's going to be. The more successful they are, which, you know, is what, I'm not saying it's all about them, but I'm saying if, if the chamber can be successful, then the chamber director is going to be successful, which means that they can push that success back even more to their members. Which is good. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's kind of the, our, our our take on the informal. Um, what about these structured events? I, you know, you know, I've had some bad experiences personally with those, and, and it might just been uh, I approached it poorly, or or the group wasn't as well designed as it could have been. But you have been a part of BNI for twenty five plus years now. That's right. So you you probably have a, a whole different perspective on things. I, well, I I know you and I have differing perspectives on this, and I I do have to say every group, whether it's informal, st- you know, structured, or some of the other groups that we are not mentioning today, within each one of those sectors, of the of various groups will have different personalities. So, B and I, there are, there are over ninety five hundred chapters around the world. And I will say there are each chapter there are of each of those 9,500 chapters, there are probably 9,500 chapters that have a slightly different personality than the next one, just because of the people <laughs> that are in it, the culture, whatever that is. If you experience something that's not right for you, it doesn't feel like it's a good fit. My suggestion is move on. There's probably one that's better mm-hmm. for you. And in a more structured atmosphere, the the most I know the question that you got from the person was that they're a member of a BNI like group, and um, that they're giving some referrals. It doesn't sound like it's they're giving a lot, but they're not getting what they want. And so right. I take a look at that point and say, okay, what are you asking for? And if you're standing up each week when you get the opportunity to speak and give your, what we, you know, many people call their commercial. We in our chapter call it our request. So we, Mm -hmm. people tend to say, this is what I do, but they forget to add in the part of this is what I need for you to do for me to help me or what this is what I want. If you are very general in that, you know what I do, you just, you know, send me any people that need what I do my way you're probably not going to get anyone because the members have probably stopped listening about halfway through your presentation about what you yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> but if you stand up and, and you've done your homework, you, you have to do the homework in advance and you say, this is the person that I want to be introduced to this week and give their, <clears throat> I have found that in BNI, you also have to give the spelling of the name because if you think about, the word, the name John, how many different ways can you spell John? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The same thing with the word Smith. I mean, who would think that they would have to spell spell the word Smith? But there are lots of different ways, (laughs) at least in the English world, to spell the name Smith or the name of the company. 
it would probably help to give the affiliation too. It's not just the spelling of the name, but you know, it's John Smith at ABC Company or John Smith, the VP of Marketing at the ABC Company or or something to that effect. Yeah, and if the company has a, well, even if it doesn't have a weird name, if you can spell the company's name or at least part of it, that helps also. It's interesting during this time, my BNI chapter and worldwide, we are all meeting virtually via Zoom. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, what's making it easier is in the chat box, people are they're they're verbally at their point at their point in the meeting asking for their referral requests. Some of them are spelling it verbally also, but in addition, they're also putting it into the chat box. So yeah, visually we can see, and I can write it down on my sheet so that when I go to do my um, power hour, I set aside an hour each time to work on my uh, fellow members request. I don't have to figure out how does this spell? I don't have to waste time figuring it all out because I have the exact spelling and know exactly either I can find it or I can't, which is really helpful. So the first thing is, are you making it easy for your members to help you? And I think that's a really important question to ask. Some people who sell business to consumer or B2C, as we'd like to label it, find that a little more difficult. But why not ask for someone that could refer business to you and send you 10 of the people that you want? And you can come up with a name for that. So, for example... Uh, let's pretend that I want to sell to new business um, startups. I could ask for a business coach that deals with startups. And I obviously say I'm going to have to do my research to find out who those people might be. But I would ask for a business coach that I then might be able to develop a relationship with that then that person could take me to my prospects, actually. So even those in the B2C world can ask for a specific name. Well, that's, that's, that's good uh, and, and good pointers there. And I think what I learned from my experiences with uh, the, the couple of times that I've been in, in the structured networking is, yeah, it's the personality of the group is hugely important. Um, you have to go and, and test it out ahead of time, but be aware when you're doing so, you need to look for certain things. It's not enough just for them to be friendly and welcoming uh, because it's, it's especially with these, <clears throat> with these uh, uh, referral passing groups, it's, it's, it's got to be about the business too. Um, something that I didn't notice until I was actually part of the, the second one I was I was in was when people were doing their, as you put it, the requests or their commercials. Uh, I started looking around at the rest of the group and no one was writing anything down. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought, well, that's that should have been probably a little clue. <laughs> yeah. um, also taking a look at the membership. Is, is there anyone there that, you know, serves the same population as I do without being a competition. Um, without that, there's, there's going to be a challenge for people to actually refer to you. Uh, it's still possible. And you and I know that there are, you can have multiple levels of, of referral, but you're putting one more barrier in front of you. If, if you can't find at least one or two other members that serve the same population. I, I, um, I certainly agree with that. Although I, again, I have had people say, well, <clears throat> I'm not joining that whether it's a BNI or another structured group, because all it is is Mary Kay people and, you know, um, direct sales people. And what you have to also look at is what, what does the network of, what type of network do these people have? So for example, 
my best referral source, who unfortunately now has died, but was a Mary Kay representative because she was the most connected person, I think, in the world. She had this really huge network. And oh, by the way, her husband was a doctor also. So there was a, you know, more connection mm. that way. I would never have thought that a Mary Kay director would have been my best referral source, but she put usually around 12 people a year in my courses. A lot of people will, wow. look, will look at someone that's doing something that they feel is limited and say, well, yeah, that, that group can't help me because, and they have a reason when in fact they may be missing the best opportunity of their life. So I think the first thing you have to do is also not only look at the member list, but also go and visit and actually maybe shock meet with some of the members and find out um, if they are a good fit for you. And also ask them questions like, is this working for you? Tell me how it is working. What do I need to know, mm -hmm. know in order to be a success in this group? And I think those are very viable questions to ask, but you can't ask it when you're in the middle of the meeting. You have to ask it outside the meeting. Well, and, and I think that's also a part of these uh, uh, these organizations that we've talked about, um, regardless of, of what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, the, the group itself is a great place to, uh, a great organization to be a part of. It can be, um, it can support the, the needs that you want, but it's not enough just to be a part of the group. It's, it's, the group is a mechanism so that you can develop better relationships within the group. Yeah. I, I look at it as a bridge or a tool. Yeah. Uh, so especially with these structured groups, it's not enough just to go to the meeting. You've got to also be having one-to-ones with everyone in the meeting so that you can find out more about them and be better able to serve them. Because let's face it, often a, a 40, 45-second or a 60-second request isn't enough for you to really get a clear picture of what that other person needs. Or, and I forgot what I was going to say. It was really important too, Greg. It was a good one, huh? It was a good one. Darn it. Oh, well, it'll come back. Well, you know, we may have to come back to that at a later point. Yeah, I'll wake up in the middle of the night tonight and I'll call you all and let you know. But, um, okay. oh, I know, I, I know what I was going to make, that. Greg. We have to, uh, we have to be careful okay. when we use terminology. And Greg just mentioned one, two, one. That is a BNI terminology that some people may not know. And it, it's nothing oh, more I than, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's nothing more than a term that means getting together, two people getting together and chatting and finding out about each other, finding out if they want to be friends, finding out how they can help each other. And BNI has um, given a term to it, and that term is one-to-one. One. It, so it's we, funny because I think that phrase has become somewhat pervasive because I've, I've never really heard about it in concert with BNI, but it's also possible because I've learned most of my networking skills from you. <laughs> so... <laughs> well, it's, it is surprising. Many people will know, but ever so often I will hear the term used and I will see that look, that lizard look, I call it, from someone in the audience knowing that they have no idea what, no. what's being talked about. So that's why I wanted to make sure that our audience knows what we're talking about. 
All right. Well, we've uh, we've definitely talked a bit about this. So we, we're, we're talking about uh, understanding um, uh, informal versus a, a structured type of group, uh, understanding what we want to get out of the group in order to determine whether we're going to be successful and being aware that uh, we have to make sure we're choosing not only the right group, but also following the correct behaviors in order to achieve those goals. Well, and that uh, was, it, am I missing anything? Yes. Um, and you were summarizing so well, but I just happened to think about the question again. And I don't know how long this, this person has been a member of this um, structured networking group that's similar to BNI. I wonder if he or she has... Um, develop their reputation to the level where they can, in fact, expect referrals. And depending on what this person sells, it may take a year or two for the credibility and the, and the reputation to develop so that the members will risk sending their clients, their parents, their, you know, whatever to this person. Perhaps he has not been in a member long enough to be at that point. That's possible. And then it's another issue that we need to, to, to focus on with respect to getting the, what we want out of a group is, have you put in the time? Yes. I mean, you have to do all the correct behaviors, but this is not a, it's not, it's not a matter of, I go there and do the correct behaviors for a week and suddenly my, my phone's ringing off the hook. It, it could be a uh, six months to a year to two years, even depending on what you're doing. Um, you know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, the risk factor. Yeah. If someone is buying a bouquet of flowers, that's one level of risk. If someone's looking for their next uh, accountant or financial planner, that's a whole different level of risk. I, so, um, so yeah, we have to be aware of that and, and make sure that we're not cutting off a group just because it hasn't had an instantaneous response. Yeah. So I think that we've, we've talked about it as much as we possibly can in the time that we have. And I think you've done a great job of summarizing. So if other people have questions about topics that we didn't address today in relation to how can I make this better? How can I get more stuff? Then let us know. Yeah, we'll be posting this, uh, of course, on our usual podcasting sites. And we'll uh, have it on our um, Facebook pages so that uh, if you do have any questions or comments, please do comment there. And uh, we'd love to have you subscribe so that we can keep coming to you each week. Uh, but until, uh, until we hear from you again, hey, uh, go out and make some great connections. All right. Take care, Mom. I will, Greg, and you too. You've been listening to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Greg and Debbie Peters. If you'd like to learn more about having us present at your next event, go to thereluctantnetworker.com.